You're listening to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation podcast network. Hosted by Blake Murphy 7 and Johnny Venerable. All about your Arizona Cardinals. Hello and welcome into the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We're bringing you uh, the best cards coverage year round. We're here talking about uh, a little bit of an emergency pod. Cardinals starting training camp today, but they may be doing it without the likes of one Chandler Jones. Uh, he is still th- Tuesday to turn up. The reason being is uh, this tweet, which launched at least as of today. We're recording this on a Sunday. And uh, it's talking about the Chandler Jones. He is not apparently happy with uh, his spot in Arizona and his future on the roster. He has requested a trade from the Cardinals organization. Obviously, this is um, kind of a little bit of a surprise. This is from uh, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN, with that tweet. Uh, John, a bit of a surprise. We had wondered if Jones, you know, with his contract situation, was going to be having an issue or two. The fact that he's requested a trade with the fact that he's got no guaranteed money, uh, Cardinals have not signed him to a long-term deal. Maybe it's not as much of a surprise, but two days before training camp, it definitely puts a damper on things. What are some of your thoughts, at least, about the news that dropped today? Yeah, I don't I don't really classify it as breaking news. Listen, Chandler Jones was absent from the majority, if not all, of the offseason work that the Cardinals have done outside of he came in for media day. So what that tell you? He, he anticipates being on this team this year. And listen, it's a very precarious position that the Cardinals find themselves in with their 31-year-old, you know, all-pro outside linebacker. Chandler had a phenomenal once-in-a-decade type of season in 2019. He had 19 sacks. He was knocking on the door of the sack record entering the last week of the season. And then last year, five games in, number one, just doesn't look like himself. Uh, If you can remember that he only had one sack through five games. And then number two, he got hurt. And so it just... It's difficult because worst timing coming into the last year of his deal, I do think that had Chandler hit the free agent market this offseason, he would have gotten a nice contract from the Cardinals or somebody else. But it kind of fell, uh, you know, imperfectly for Chandler, whereas now he sits entering the last year of his deal. He's got no guaranteed money, but his salary is $15 million. Um, all the articles with advanced metrics, the people that coincide advanced metrics with projected salaries, who should be paid what, um, has Chandler Jones value right around $16 million per season. So I think that Chandler would probably take that um, if there was some guaranteed money associated with it past this year. Um, and so, again, the general public's going to run with this. It's going to lead some, you know, front pages, some headlines on some non-cardinal sites, but Blake, we've been talking about this for, you know, two, three months from now. Really, since the end of the draft, we've, we've noticed that, you know, he took his cardinal paraphernalia off of his social media. But again, I expect him to be with the team this year. And I think that the disappointing thing, if you are a, a diehard Chandler Jones fan as a part of the Arizona Cardinals, is it's, it's looking like it's probably his last year. Although, never say never, the Cardinals have the franchise tag they can utilize. Should he play this year and should he produce and rebound at the age of 31. We've seen historically pass rushers typically age better than a lot of other positions. Dwight Freeney, some of these guys were in their you know mid to late 30s and were still very productive. Um, and so I am not concerned about it. I think where the concern would come in is if Chandler just straight up said, I'm not coming to camp. Um, but I just I think that coming off an injury like this and the fact that 
Is he underpaid? Absolutely. But should you overpay him for um, what he may do in the future or may not do coming off a, a serious injury? Um, and again, he looks good by all accounts. The, the workouts that I've seen looks like the old Chandler Jones, but we're really not going to know that until he lines up this fall. I just think that, you know, I'm somebody who has been very critical of the Cardinal front office historically, especially since, you know, Bruce Arians left and, and Kime has kind of been ex, um, exploited a little bit. I think this is the right decision. I don't think that um, you pay somebody in their early 30s, big time guaranteed money coming off major injury, even though Chandler Jones should be a, you know, ring of honor candidate for the Cardinals one day. Um, and then the people, real quick, Blake, that are adamant that they should trade him, unless there's a trade that makes the Cardinals uh, equally as good this year or knock on wood better. Um, I, that doesn't make sense for what this franchise is doing this year. All in, all in with veterans, J.J. Watt, Rodney Hudson, A.J. Green. If you're trading away a 31-year-old premier pass rusher, that doesn't fit with all of the moves you've made this offseason. If this was the Cardinals back in 2017, 2018, when Patrick Peterson had requested a trade, I was all for it. DLM, let's get picks, let's rebuild. The rebuild is essentially over. And so the only scenario in which I, I see him getting traded outside of you know, people are, are speculating as Xavier Howard moves, something like that. That's, you know, very far-fetched. Could it happen? Sure. But I think the more likely scenario is midseason, the Cardinals are clearly out of it. Something catastrophic happens where there's a Murray injury. You know, people are getting fired. And then you can ship out Chandler Jones for maybe a second-round pick, half-season rental to a contender like, who, who knows, the Kansas City Chiefs or somebody like that. That's the only way I see this going down. The way that the CBA has been uh, constructed, at least, this is what it would look like as far as Jones' contract and also the NFL CBA. Uh, you're talking about Chandler Jones right now. If the Cardinals do end up, say, trading him if they grant his request, it'd only be $5 million in dead cap. The new team would have to not only take on the one-year $15.5 million in non-guaranteed money, because remember, he has, for the Cardinals, a $20 million cap hit this season, the highest for the team. Uh, it's about $16 million per for a guy who's 32 years old. So you're talking about another team trading for him at that age, having to then sign him to a new deal. I think it's certainly possible. But like you said, John, the Arizona Cardinals know that they're going in for it this year. While some have talked about the franchise tag as a possibility, I believe that was Arizona Sports. John Gambadoro mentioned that the Cardinals could. Usually that ends up not being the case because almost all of the time when a player gets a franchise tag, we've seen that players only play on that tag for the most part if they're good enough, essentially, um, to get traded to another team to get that long-term deal. Uh, other times you'll see guys like a Kenyon Drake who got the transition tag. Well, it was a step below the franchise tag, could negotiate with other teams, but clearly it wasn't a spot that Kenyon Drake was this untouchable asset for the Arizona Cardinals. The likes of Chandler Jones, you could say that he's an asset higher than some of those. Like Obviously, it's not like you're going to be you know, trying to fetch trade offers and you find nothing like we've talked about with you know Jordan Hicks requesting a trade from the team. Uh, you're going to be able to find someone who would be willing to give up the question is do you want to and I think that you nailed it John I don't see the Cardinals granting this request and the way that the NFL is constructed currently if a player is going to be holding out uh, and not showing up to camp not only is it a fine of about some I think it's 50,000 a day or something like that which for Jones and his contract is nothing the bigger issue is is that you now will see contracts toll for a year so let's say Chandler Jones says all right I'm not playing until I get traded or until I get a new contract well he's going to essentially then see his entire ability to hit for agency toll a year should he hold out you're not going to have the Le'Veon Bell type of situations that you used to have for the 
most part. And I think that the expectation you would have is that unless the Cardinals get a deal that they would truly like to feel that they could get Chandler, I think that their goal is, hey, we want to have Chandler play this season. We'll see if he comes back into top form. We can look at extensions or more likely, John, like you and I have talked about, recognize that with his age and looking for a long-term deal, this very much may look like this type of Calais, Campbell, Carlos Dansby situation where there's another team that's willing to pay more. Now, I think what a lot of Cardinals fans are afraid of is it turning into one of those Calais Campbell, Tyron Matthews situations where, as we've seen in the past, Steve Kime sees a guy who's got injury history or just hasn't been as productive on the field. They decide that it's time for them to move on a little bit too soon before too late. Turns out that the player, and especially in the case of Matthew, not just Campbell, had quite a bit left in the tank and turned back into that all-pro caliber player. And I think that's one of the cases that I would make, John, is that this is the type of caliber that Chandler Jones is. We're talking about a guy who uh, is um, since 2012, since he came into the league, he does lead the league in sacks. This is a guy that you wanted to see paired with J.J. Watt this season for the Arizona Cardinals to make a pl- the playoffs. And as we've talked about, it just feels honestly like the timing for the Arizona Cardinals has been the part that's the toughest. Uh, I said, I think in an earlier pod that I think the best time for the Cardinals to extend Chandler would have been expensive, but it would have been right off of that 2019 season after he had 19 sacks you could probably have put forth a new extension get him for a few more years to be able to add on age 33 34 he gets more guaranteed money everyone's happy instead steve kime goes a bit cheaper everything kind of hits the books now in 2022 when chandler jones is likely going to either be extended where you can now kick money back to future years or off the books entirely and the fact that this timing is coming out it really i think has put a bit of a damper on some of the excitement for the season now because if let's take a, a gander down, you know, a potential lane. I think the Chandler stays with the team, ends up playing for the season, and ends up going and hitting free agency next year is not kept by the team. I think that's the likeliest outcome. We've talked about it as a possibility. Yeah. Let's talk about a different possibility, John. Let's not even get into compensation or trades. Let's talk about, let's say that Chandler Jones, for whatever reason, is not on this roster. You're talking about Marcus Golden moving up a bit. You're talking about now not having that type of barrier. Uh, the likes of Devon Kennard is probably starting. Dennis Gardeck obviously is a guy who was a factor last year, but coming off of a ACL injury, it just really feels like that you would have a lot more questions about this Cardinals defense than I think that a lot of fans had some, you know, 12 to 24 hours ago. Yeah. And it just shows you that their plan is and was never to trade Chandler Jones. They had an opportunity throughout free agency to go and double down on pass rushers. They didn't do it. They brought in Marcus Golden, who was a de facto internal resign after they traded a six-round pick for him, that move made so much sense in the world. If anything, most of us assume maybe they downsize pass rusher and ship out Devon Kennard or outright cut him. We've since found out by John Gambadara that majority of his money this year is guaranteed. He's going to be on the roster. Uh, but Dennis Garnett coming back from injury, I mean, they essentially stood pat at outside linebacker. Now, if they were to have entertained the notion of trading Chandler Jones, they would have done it the height of free agency. But that becomes difficult when you talk about the fact that he's rehabbing a major injury. It also would have shown you that they would have probably prioritized pass rusher in the early rounds of the draft. They did not. They took a developmental guy on day three. But, I mean, like, definitely could have, you know, sniffed around a Jalen Phillips, who was available at pick 16, a Quiddy Pay, who was available at pick 16, a Peyton Turner, uh, Joe Tyron. I mean, there was a slew of pass rushers that went in the second uh, half of the first round that the Cardinals essentially had no interest in. So Chandler Jones has been and will be in their plans for this year, but I 
echo your sentiments, Blake. The Cardinals are, are probably going to let him walk this offseason. You know, I, I also do think, you know, I was wrong in the in my notion that, well, they can't let Hassan Reddick go. He had 12 and a half sacks last year. I think there's an internal belief that Vance Joseph can get the most out of pass rushers, and I would be inclined to believe that. The Cardinals have been top 10 each of Vance Joseph's two seasons as Team D.C. Now, if he's not the coordinator this time next year, that's a different story. But I think the, the comparison that I think is most apropos is that of DeMarcus Ware. DeMarcus Ware was a phenom for the Dallas Cowboys, even more so than Chandler Jones, but very similar players playing that hybrid outside linebacker role. Dallas allowed DeMarcus Ware, coming off a subpar six-sack season, to leave in free agency in the spring of 2014. They were the exact same age. He was 32 years old. Chandler will be 32 this offseason. And DeMarcus Ware went on to put together just a Super Bowl caliber run, uh, you know, multiple pro bowlers with the Denver Broncos. Only reached double-digit sacks once, but they really had him on a pitch count alongside up-and-coming Von Miller. And those two really spearhead that, you know, 2000, I believe, 16-2015 title uh, from uh, the um, Carolina Panthers, I believe it was in 2015. So, I could see a scenario like that. Now, Chandler already has his Super Bowl, so my guess is he's going to go to the team, whomever it is, that pays him the most money. And I also think, Blake, you know, if he has a good season and, you know, he's enthralled with, you know, the culture that the Cardinals hopefully are building with, you know, J.J. Watt, these young inside linebackers, if Vance Joseph sticks around, I don't think he would be opposed at, at age 32 this is not age 25, but at age 32, getting the franchise tag that would pay him 20 plus million dollars as an outside pass rusher, I don't think that would bother him as much as as a young pup that's you know trying to hit the market for the first time and get multiple years of guaranteed dollars. I would venture to say that you know he might be open to that, um, but the Cardinals just they want to see him do it again in 2021. I don't I don't disagree with that notion, and I also believe. What, what's he going to do? Sit out the season after not playing last year and then he thinks some team is going to pay him big time money next offseason after essentially missing two seasons? What would that equate to? He'd probably have to take a one-year prove-it deal, kind of like Tyron did with Houston before he signed his big money contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. And oh, by the way, Tyron was much younger. So Chandler, I love him. He's been one of the best Cardinals of the last decade. Um, phenomenal trade by Steve Kime. He just he doesn't have leverage right now. John, that's the one thing that is unfortunate about football is not only that the leverage and contract ends up being just a case where the league is favored due to the fact that these contracts are not fully guaranteed. It's also the factor that it is a young man's game. And if you want to look back at the tape, you can take a look at 2019 Chandler Jones and 2020 Chandler Jones. And essentially you question, is this the same player that we're watching? Because 2019 Chandler Jones was unblockable, even from the non-pass rushing standpoint if you talk about how we've seen in the Cardinals scheme, they struggled a lot because Terrell Suggs could not do anything in coverage at his age of 37, just how broken down he was. So Chandler Jones had to be the guy to rush the passer on the side that would normally get, you know, a tight end matched up to help 
whereas the prime pass rush position was on the other side. He got to move to that side this year, and through the first four games, John, a lot of the questions were like, hey, he's been facing, you know, backup tackles, weak teams. What seems like it's wrong with him? We find out that there was the bicep tear. He'd be missing the rest of the season, and it was after that that Hassan Reddick took off, and the team essentially was able to keep a lot of that pass rush production present because they made a trade for Marcus Golden and because Dennis Gardeck was very efficient. Now, you only have, of course, um, one of those players that's currently going to be healthy and ready to go for week one. Um, I do think, at least in this regard, John, the question ultimately is, which guy are you going to be getting? The Cardinals, I believe, are hoping that you're getting 2019 Chandler Jones back. You'll have him for a season, make a big push for the Arizona Cardinals, and then you kind of head into next year being able to retool, knowing, hey, we've got Marcus Golden for another year. Maybe you draft a pass rusher. You've got J.J. Watt signed through the 2022 season. I think a lot of the questions people are wondering is, did Chan feel like he was maybe slighted a bit by seeing the likes of Watt and others get signed before he got an extension? Maybe some of this is just Steve Kime being Steve Kime, and I know that a lot of fans are going to bring up there's been players who have left the Cardinals organization who just did not like the way that they felt their contracts were handled, and some of that is because Kime ultimately is very much uh, kind of a, I guess you can almost say, cutthroat when it comes to seeing it as a business as far as whatever the value is. He's either not going to offer it, even if a player would like to be able to stay put in Arizona. If he doesn't feel like they're worth that value, he's just going to say no. Same with other players who come in, have a talk, and they say, here's your value. Hey, if you leave this room, we're not going to give you any the same amount. It's just going to be lower the next time you come in. We'll move on. It's been a very business-heavy, uh, I guess you could say, type of way that he does business where it's only about the dollars and the bottom line and in some cases John I think that's been effective for the Cardinals and some of those kind time signs to get the most of their roster and others it does kind of take some of the human element out of it and that's what we've seen I think is that when Kime has swung and missed uh, I think you and I can agree that probably if they wanted to keep Chandler Jones happy the best time to make a move would have been two years ago or so before we had to deal with some of this maybe Steve Kime turns out to be correct and we never see that same Chandler Jones again perhaps it ends up being one of those spots where you end up bemoaning just how the Cardinals and their star players just don't seem to end on the either the friendliest of terms for them or in cases like Patrick Peterson, David Johnson, and others, it just seems like it ends a year too late. Uh, let's talk a bit about if there is going to be any sort of either trade possibility. We'll go over that. And then just talk a little bit about the outlook of the season. The biggest thing that I've seen, John, is um, looking at some of the potential fits for the Arizona Cardinals. There's been some interesting names that have brought been brought up as far as Chandler Jones goes. So what the main thing that people are looking at, of course, is who's got cap space that they could take on that $15 million contract now granted you would be able to probably restructure immediately but there's still the aspect of having to make things work to get onto that side so the teams at least that have the most amount of cap room interestingly at least are teams like the Jaguars the Broncos uh, the Panthers the Jets and the Browns now what's interesting about all of these is it's hard to see Chandler just going to a team that's not going to be a contender. Like, he was super grateful when Bill Belichick dealt him to the Cardinals. It was a perfect fit as far as the team was just coming off of a championship game appearance. Uh, the Broncos, I think, John, there's been a lot of talk and rumors that if Aaron Rodgers is going to want out of Green Bay, that would be his number one choice. They've got a ready-built defense. They've got plenty of young weapons at tight end and wide receiver. It seems likely to me that that's not going to be a place if they're thinking they could be in the 
Rodgers market, or as we found out today, the Deshaun Watson market is he's going to be returning to training camp, which will be interesting to follow that. Other than that, John, like there's some teams like either the Chargers or other ones such as I think the easiest one that's really funny is um, uh, a team that could really use Chandler Jones would be the Rams, but they don't have the draft picks to be able to trade for him. Uh, not to mention the fact that they're in division with the Cardinals. The teams that have been mentioned the most are the Bills and the Ravens. That makes sense. It's in the AFC. Both of those teams may be looking for one more pass rusher to push things over the top for them. Um, I got to say, at least the biggest question then as far as when it comes to worth is given the age and the other facet, I feel like the only thing you could really get back would be kind of either a second round pick for the most part would seem to make sense for the top pass rusher in the NFL, which is kind of weird considering that the Cardinals got that for DeAndre Hopkins just a few years ago, and he's, you know, five years younger than Chandler Jones, essentially, or four or five years younger. Yeah, it would have to be a scenario for me, Blake. Again, if you're out of it midseason and you're recouping assets and you know you're going to lose Chandler anyway, it would have to supersede the the 2023 comp pick that you would likely get a third round pick. So I would say a second would be fine midseason. That's that's your best bet, and you've already gotten you know eight games from him. But I, I again, that's that's just assuming, unfortunately, that the season goes awry. I, there's no scenario. The Cardinals are giving away picks for players this offseason. They traded away a third for Rodney Hudson. They they traded a future fourth next year for a rookie corner. They're not in a position now to trade one of their best players in a must-win season. I think they're banking on Chandler Jones, you know, putting his head down and contributing this year so he can set himself up for a payday from whomever. And that's the right way to go about it. Now, if if we want to entertain the, tw- the Twitter mobs that say, get him out of here, he doesn't want to be a Cardinal, which I don't even know how you can analyze that kind of notion in, in 2021. He wants to be paid. He, if the Cardinals pay him, he's, he's going to stay, right? He just wants that security. I would say, you know, the Xavier Howard thing is interesting. Um, I don't know why a team like Miami would trade a 28-year-old, you know, number one corner coming off a 10-interception season. But, I mean, if you could somehow pry him away and you're only giving up Chandler Jones in return or Chandler Jones in a future pick, keep in mind they're both coming up on expiring deals. But Xavier Howard, while less accomplished, is three years younger. So again, it would allow you to do one of two things. You could bring in Xavier Howard. You're going to probably lean on the Devon Kennards, Marcus Goldens of the world, which would leave a glaring hole, you know, in your front seven. But now you've got a true number one corner and suddenly cornerback looks like a strength instead of outside pass rusher. Plus, you've got the ability for J.J. Watt and Jordan Phillips to rush the passer from the five technique defensive tackle position. Um, and then you probably want to set yourself up to pay one Xavier Howard. So then you fast forward to next offseason, and instead of drafting or paying a number one corner in free agency, you would have to already go ahead and, and switch that up to outside linebacker. Now, the again, if we're getting way far into the future, it's easier to translate to the NFL as a pass rusher than corner. And I think that in today's day and age, it's easier to find a pass rusher. Um, and it's easier for me to stomach trading, you know, maybe a future Hall of Fame pass rusher if you're getting back a 28-year-old number one corner. That's really the only scenario I've seen pre-season, pre-preseason that's made some sense. Um, again, picks from contenders that are going to be in the the late 50s, early 60s next year. I'm talking picks next April. That does very little for a team. What kind of message does that send to Kyler Murray? If you're Kyler Murray. 
and you're trying to win and you know that you can't do everything yourself and your team is trading away a leader, um, a franchise player for what equates to pennies on the dollar, I, I would be very disheartened if I was Kyler Murray and they know that, which is why they're not going to do it. They're not going to trade him. I would think that Blake, in my opinion, if he didn't show up for camp, they would be more inclined to take some of their money and give him a little bit more guaranteed money this year or make his salary you know, from 15 to 20. They have that kind of cap space right now. They could get creative just to get him to show up. Um, but they're, they're not going to deal him away with no leverage um, to, to a contender where the pick would be you know, astronomically lower than you'd want it to be. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there's any of that cash they could turn into a signing bonus, uh, escalate some of that. Uh, what I think, at least, John, when you bring up the Xavier Howard situation, the Dolphins seem content to just only take a first-round pick, the idea being, hey, we'll just be able to get a pick that we can replace that player with. Uh, Howard's in an interesting spot because, like you said, he's technically signed through next year, but he's got a only $2.8 million dead cap hit if he's released and let go from that $12 million contract that's there next year, whereas Chandler Jones is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. So I think at least if you're talking about the balance, I think that it would make some sense for the Cardinals because, as you said, you can kind of stomach adding a 28-year-old corner knowing, hey, like he may have you know two years before he hits 30, but we've got Kyler Murray, who's still going to be at least on this type of rookie deal. You can strengthen up your cornerback room. Essentially, you're now not having to rely on either a big signing or a rookie for next year, which, as we all know, free agent signings, some team at least that's going to be letting go of a cornerback to get signed. Usually there's always a reason why they're hitting the market. To add those types of talents teams don't want to let go, you got to sometimes give up something in return. I think that one of the deals that maybe would make a little bit of sense here would be, let's say the Cardinals would give up, let's say you look at the balance and say, hey, we're going to give up a one and Chandler Jones, we'll get Zaven Howard, you give us back a two and a four, something like that. Now, it, it, it's really tough to say that because of the fact that this is like, you know, the number one sack leader in the NFL. But Howard is a guy who's probably in the top three corner situations as far as the way he's played. He had 20 passes defense last season, has been a, a true baller for them for the most part. Now, he's only partway into a, you know, five-year contract. It was just the way it was structured, unfortunately, has been a lot of where after the first three years, you got no guaranteed money on the back end. I think at least that I would be fine with one of those moves. But like you said, John, if you're going to be getting that move just to get a pick for the future or something, you either would have needed to already have made that sort of trade to begin this offseason, where that way, hey, you're at least able to add a body somewhere at edge this season. I think it doesn't make as much sense for Miami. Miami has had Jalen Phillips on one side. They drafted Christian Wilkins a few years ago. The way their defense is set up, I just feel like that it's one of those spots where I don't know if it makes as much sense for Miami. You'd probably have to throw and say, hey, you need to give us back you know, a second-round pick. Cardinals would drop out of the first round like every other team in the NFC West. But then you'd be looking at two second-round picks and having your essentially cornerback of the now. Or you'd have that position taken care of. That would probably be the one thing, like you said, that would offer enough incentive. But I think what we want to talk about, John, is just the fact that this timing is happening here and now in a pivotal season for the Arizona Cardinals. It just feels like it's one of those cases where when it reflects on the way the Cardinals are building this team, building a winner, it just feels like there's an avenue that they've run into of whether it's management or whether it's just simply the fact that some players are not wanting to be able to buy in. It just doesn't have this great feeling heading into the season. Now, granted, 
we could talk about how Patrick Peterson, you know, was in 2018 requested a trade and we didn't see him leave until this year in free agency one bit. Maybe it's one of those type of situations where it's all going to be blown over. Jones is there for camp on Tuesday and we forget about this heading into the season. But I think a lot of this really comes down to if you're looking at this as like the all in type of season for the Cardinals, you have to win, have to be able to make the playoffs, have to be able to have positive momentum to show that you're a contender to kind of justify what Kyman Cliff have been doing throughout this season. At this point, you just almost kind of feel bad for Cliff Kingsbury for falling into this situation, which, you know, this is not a contract that he worked through or dealt with. This is fully a Steve Kime issue. And now he as a coach is having to deal with this coming into camp. Yeah, I listen, I'm not a Steve Kime defender by any means. I think that the off the field concerns that this franchise has had from you know, a drinking and driving standpoint with their front office, what happened with Xavier Collins last month. I Everything off the field, I completely agree with you. I, I don't think holdouts are unusual in the NFL, and I, I don't consider this, you know, a, a situation where it, it is direct reflection of the organization. Sure, Steve's had his mistakes with extensions and free agent signings. You know, that's been well documented. The decision to overpay Tyron and to cut Tyron and then what Tyron's done in Kansas City, putting up a Hall of Fame resume, that stung. Um, but he's also done some good things, was able to secure DJ Humphreys for well under the market value. Chandler Jones's extension with the team, well under market value. Um, so there have been some benefits. And Buda Baker's contract right now is another one that looks like a relative steal. Um, I, I just... Listen, if Chandler Jones had put up another monster season last year, like they would have extended him. They would have allocated some money to go to him this offseason, and he would have been probably the highest paid player to his position again, but he just got hurt. And that it just threw a wrench into this whole situation. And so now, like, it does not help that he looked kind of like a shell of himself in the first five weeks of the season. We all sat there and watched the first five weeks last year and Hassan Reddick, not Chandler Jones, was their most explosive pass rusher. So you can make the argument, was he hurt before he you know, officially was out for the season? Was he under condition? What was going on with Chandler? Because he, he really wasn't available to the extent that the Cardinals have used have, are used to seeing him. And so had he gotten five sacks in five games and gotten hurt, I think we'd be having a different discussion. But we all saw the game tape last year, and I think that that's kind of why when he went down against the Jets, everybody was like, yeah, you know, he just... He wasn't playing like Chandler, let him get healthy, we'll see him next year. But people didn't lose hope for, for the season in the defense, and really the defense, I thought, played well, all things considered. Marcus Golden and Hassan Reddick were very strong uh, outside pass rushers last year. So I just, again, is it an indictment on the front office? No, because I think every team, good or bad, has holdouts. And again, this might not even be a holdout. He's missed you know non-mandatory workouts this offseason, and... You know, is this going to consider what's going on with teams like Green Bay right now? This is just a very small fraction of what the Cardinals season is going to be. The Cardinals season is not reliant on Chandler Jones. Does he help? Absolutely. The Cardinals season is reliant on Cliff Kingsbury elevating his game and Kyler Murray continuing to develop and evolve as a franchise quarterback and the defense as a whole to not completely fall over and embarrass themselves. And Chandler's a part of that, but he is not the focal point of whether or not they're going to have success this year. I mean, they should have been a playoff team without him last year, that he wasn't the reason they missed the playoffs. 
Um, again, he would have helped if we got regular, you know, 2019, 2018 Chandler Jones. So all that to say, for, for the people who are frustrated with the Cardinals, I absolutely echo your frustrations with the front office as a whole. But it, this is a unique situation where I just I don't have a problem with how they're handling it. I think it would have been kind of an egregious error to throw a bunch of guaranteed money at somebody who's going to be 32 years old next offseason and we haven't really seen him play uh, at a high level in what's going to equate to almost 18 months when he you know steps on the field for whomever this falls. So again, if he does it, does it at a high level, the Cardinals have the leverage again to franchise him. They don't have to guarantee him anything. Or they can extend him, or they can let him walk, and they can go and get another pass rusher. But they do not emphatically have somebody to fill his role this year and are counting on him, which is why they're not going to move him. And I think that's the biggest case, at least, is you're going to have to look at this situation and basically point the finger specifically at Steve Keim. Uh, one of the agents, Joel Corey, had a great observation where he talked about when the Cardinals went and traded for DeAndre Hopkins, he had three years left on his deal, no guaranteed money. Cardinals, just to start the season, repped up that deal, escalated money, moved it further so that uh, essentially gave him the extension. Chandler Jones is like, hey, look, I've been with the, you guys since 2016. He's a brand new player for this team. You're going to go ahead and give him a brand new extension i'm coming off of a 19 sack season for you guys and you're not going to extend me that's one of those cases where i can understand his frustration and that's part of where i think john as we've talked about for the cardinals to be able to avoid becoming one of these houston texans one of these you know uh, green bay packers you could even talk about how the new england patriots despite all of their rings we're talking about player empowerment is becoming a thing in the nfl and teams are having to now follow suit and be able to either figure out how they're going to be able to pay their players, keep them happy, or just be willing to say, hey, we're going to have to cut our losses here. And I think this is important for the Cardinals as a defining moment to see how they treat the Chandler Jones, how well that they do, because that's how we're going to judge with Kyler Murray. He's got his big deal that's likely coming up. He's eligible for it for the first time after this season. Uh, Likely it would be able to take place um, and escalate following into, say, the, I think it's 2024 season would be when you would talk about that extension with those numbers hitting the books. This is a big year for Arizona. You'd want to have it with Chandler Jones. I think that you're talking about in a perfect world, the Cardinals are able to ice and figure something out. Chandler returns to form. We're talking about this player essentially being able to play as a dominant football player for the next two to three years with J.J. Watt. Cardinals able to win games. Everyone's happy. Really, and a lot of times, John, life doesn't work out as much like that. We've talked about how the Cardinals and Calais Campbell, how he went on ahead success elsewhere. We've also talked about how there's players like Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer who Collison Palmer was not a member of the Bengals ring of honor <laughs> when they opened up the ring of honor eligibility. Kurt Warner sees himself as an Arizona Cardinal. Now he did win his Super Bowl, obviously with the uh, Rams at the time, but the Rams aren't in St. Louis anymore. This is just part of when it comes to sports and looking at, and I think for me, I'm rooting for the player always as far as for that. I'm a Cardinals fan, but I always root for the player and whatever goes on with the Chandler Jones situation, I feel that he's done more than enough to be rewarded by the Cardinals. I agree with you that you want to be smart and prove about it i think that's what arizona is choosing to do of course there is naturally going to be a potential cost of if you choose to be prudent uh, sometimes that ends up biting you in the butt where a player like this like if chan goes out has you know a 14 sack season and suddenly the cardinals like oh shoot like should we franchise tag this guy he and watt looked really good together or we need to extend and he's just like nope you guys didn't reward me i'm, I'm one out of here 
there are times when that just you have to kind of shrug your shoulders at least. Uh, I think that this should be a great determiner for the Cardinals looking at their coaching and GM situation because if they do trade Chandler Jones and that ends up being a move where you look at that and say, hey, that may have cost you the playoffs, a lot of that I think at least ultimately is going to be a huge move for the season. Perhaps it's a spot where we've talked about sometimes there's addition by subtraction where player is not happy, he leaves, and a team ends up being successful in spite of all of that. That's another thing that I don't think we're ruling out as well, John, and we'll get into that somewhat later this week as we talk about if we're under underrating the Arizona Cardinals, the topic of our next podcast as we kick off a lot of our training camp coverage. Uh, Is there anything else you want to say before we log off for uh, today's episode, which I was recorded pretty quickly, so I wanted to thank you for helping us get the content out quick uh, to the rest of the Cardinals fans who are excited for this 2021 season that starts uh, as of, you know, essentially this Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I'll just echo your sentiments, Blake. We all um, uh, aspire and hope that Chandler Jones makes the kind of money he wants to make. And it was unfortunate when he went down with injury last year. And he's going to get paid, either by the Cardinals or somebody else. Um, Because, again, his position, unlike corner, unlike maybe receiver, it ages well in the NFL. And I think he thinks he's got one more quality contract in him. He's probably right. I'm no way, hopefully you've got that sense, allocating for the Cardinals to deal Jones at any point this offseason. I think that, again... There is nothing wrong with getting the players best in a contract year. And the Cardinals, if they're going all in this year, have that in their back pocket. That if Chandler Jones is suited up for us for 17 games and he wants to stick it to us and wants to hit the market next spring if we allow him to do so, he wants to do it coming off one of his best seasons. Pressure, sacks, all-encompassing. And Chandler probably knows that this is his best situation if he is on a one-year deal to prosper in a system that he's familiar with and the abundance of talent that the Cardinals have, both at linebacker and the defensive line. So, again, I expect this to be a non-story in about 10 days. We'll see, Blake. Absolutely, yes. Uh, We'll see. Maybe this is just a Hail Mary by Chandler and his agent to try to get a new long-term deal, knowing that the Cardinals do hold all the cards, as it were. Uh, Perhaps we end up seeing this Tuesday and Jones is not a part of it. This is going to be one of the bigger off-season stories to follow if Jones does not show up for training camp. Uh, We'll see how that works out with this year. It's obviously going to be a very different season overall. Uh, John, we didn't even get into some of DeAndrea Hopkins' comments for that one today. We'll be getting more into that, developing a lot more of our show, talking about that. But just before we log off you had some good thoughts i think when it was talked about last week at least i know you have a guest spot at least on another podcast um let's at least just we're logging off talk a little bit about that because i think the biggest take that you had that seemed to get the most coverage was man like the arizona cardinals if they don't end up changing the way that they're currently viewing these uh, vaccine rates as one of the three teams with lowest rates they're gonna miss a game this year and that very much could cost them the playoffs i think that resonated with a lot of arizona sports fans just as the oh man like this is just our luck at least as far as the Cardinals go. Yeah, and again, this is not a political take. This is, we're abiding by the rules that the NFL has set. You're, you can't argue the rule. The rule is the rule now. And the rule is, if you spread COVID uh, within, internally within your, within your organization, either as a front office person, the coaches, it's all mandated, players, um, and you're not vaccinated, you're going to have to forfeit a game, a minimum game. We talk about how long it takes for for individuals to be able to have a a non-positive test. And so really what this does is it puts the pressure on the players and the Cardinals, for whatever reason, are one of the teams 
um, that does not have a high rate in those who are vaccinated. And some of you may applaud that, and that's fine. But this fall, if they have to forfeit a pinnacle game during the season, and there are folks on the Cardinal roster who are vaccinated, who have to give up their game check as a result. And I use Keyshawn Johnson as an example. Keyshawn Johnson, who figures to get a scratch and claw to make this team be their fifth or sixth receiver. He's been with the club for, this will be his third year. He makes $800,000. Keyshawn Johnson needs to make his house payment, needs to make his car payment more than likely. Who knows what other you know costs and finances he has to take care of. If he loses a game check, that's a big deal. It's not as big for these other guys who were established. So think about when you're frustrated by all of this, think about the effect that it could have on some of these other players that are on the fringe and the bottom of the 53-man roster. And the fact that, oh, by the way, if you're traveling to a game, right, and I think this is also part of it, whereas we've got these stadiums that are going to be more than likely full this fall, you can't just pivot and mess around with the schedule like you could last year when there were only very few parties available and we had no fans. Now it's like the full NFL experience is, is back, and thank goodness for that. But you can't say, well, we're moving this game to week 16 and this game to week 10 and blah, blah, blah. If you mess around and spread COVID and you're not vaccinated, the NFL views that as you are not responsible, you did not take care of your business, and now, unfortunately for you and your team, you're not going to be playing this Sunday. So, again, it's not a political thing. Just look at it within the parameters of what the NFL is telling us, and that's what we have to follow and go off of. And right now, as it stands today, in late July, the Cardinals are one of the least vaccinated teams in the NFL, and that will pose a problem if there's an outbreak this fall, right. Blake. And that's part of where if there's an outbreak, there's no guarantee there is an outbreak. There's no guarantee that there isn't. A lot of it, honestly, is the spot of, as we saw last year, uh, teams are following similar but not quite the same COVID protocols. Obviously, those who have had vaccinations are going to be a little bit uh, less restricted. It's more going to be the case of game cancellations that you're talking about, John. So uh, we can talk a bit more about all of that for the most part. In the meantime, John, where are the Cardinals uh, coverage that we have on RevengeOfTheBirds.com? If you want to be able to plug your Twitter, account here go right ahead for all of our listeners yeah yeah of course we're here in the rotb podcast now uh, on a weekly basis leading up through the nfl season written form revenge of the birds.com we've got a lot of good content there is uh, of course training camp approaches and then you can come yell and scream at both of us on twitter my handle is at johnny venerable blake Absolutely. You can find me on Twitter at BlakeMurphy7. Thanks again for joining us for this emergency pod. We'll be back later in the week with training camp, at least talking a bit more about uh, a bit more positive news, such as looking at the Arizona Cardinals. Are we in national media sleeping on them a bit, and could they be a better team than we think? That'll be following up as we begin our training camp coverage 2021. Thanks for joining. 